0: Hey, what's up? This is Jason with the Centerpoint Church Podcast. I'm so honored that you would choose to spend some time with us today. This week, we're going to be hearing from Jeremy Deloach. His message is called Win the Fight. When we allow fear to rule us, we sometimes tend to elevate our own feelings over the power of God. And so this week, Jeremy is going to lead us through a study on the story of Nehemiah to see how when we keep our focus to win the fight, we can look at what's ahead of us rather than being distracted from what's behind us. Let's jump into the message. Well, I've said it before. Happy New Year. It's 2023. And I promise you right now, if you lean in, God's got something for you this morning. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You know, we uh, we're talking about the new year and I'm just curious. um, You know, they say that what you do on the first day of the year kind of affects the outcome of what happens. You know, um, you guys are here on the first day of the year. Kudos to you for being here. I was impressed with the 9 o'clock service. You know, I did say that if you're at the 9 o'clock service, you have zero life at all on New Year's Eve, Um, or they were still awake. I'm not sure which one, but I understand. But uh, you guys are here, you made it a point to start the new year off correctly. But um, for me this morning, I'm hoping that this is not the case, but I started off the morning in a bad way. I passed my first kidney stone this morning. It came in at eight millimeters. I'm very proud of that thing. I'm here to tell you. It's going to be sharp. I do have a collection of kidney stones. That's something I deal with yearly. Um, But uh, did I I win anything for having the first kidney stone of the year? I wonder if I won a prize or something, bringing in the first stone. Anyway. Yep. Hey, thank you. So let me ask you real quick. How many of you guys set a new year's resolution show of hands anyone it's okay to raise your hand in church really it really is okay so two people do a resolution that's okay how many of you set goals in your life that's more better yeah I'm the same way I'm the same way well I want you to know that I have done my work for you and I have googled that's right google the top 10 new year's resolutions for 2023 and if Google says it, it has to be true. But I went a step further, not for me, for you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So in front of me, I've got the list here. And I'm going to go kind of next to next to each other. And we'll see what happens. Let's see if this lines up with you. But number 10 of the two New Year's resolutions for 2023 is learn a new skill or hobby. That sounds pretty good. Uh, in the Christian world, in the top 10, number 10 being memorize scripture. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. Number nine, to get organized. How many of you need to get some organization going on for 2023? I see a few hands. There's a lot more that should be up, but, you know, it is what it is. But we can get organized maybe by, number nine, praying daily. As Christians, we should definitely be praying daily. Number eight, this may be you. Don't raise your hand, but if it's you, it's okay. But to quit smoking, to quit smoking. Um, And number eight, on the Christian side, it says breaking addiction. Well, that makes sense. We're Breaking addiction to quit smoking. Now, number seven, who connects with this, but it's reduce stress on the job. How many of you have stress on the job? Yeah, somebody just grabbed his wife's hand and raised it up. That's pretty funny. Maybe we can do that, but number seven is to refuse to gossip. Don't show your hand in right here, but who in here are gossiping? Y'all, that ain't good. Don't be gossiping. Don't be gossiping. All right, number six, moving on. To spend less time on social media. Amen. That's actually probably my number one. Um, And this is the reason. Number six on the Christian side is to be content with what you have. Easier said than done to be content with what you have. The reason I don't like social media is we got people that sit there and they post what they're eating for dinner, like at this fancy restaurant. It's a big old fat 16-ounce bony and ribeye with like some asparagus. And I'm like, I'm at home eating crystals. I'm like, bro, that ain't good. So be content with what you have. Number five, to live more economically. Maybe we can do that by number five, tithing more. Because when you give you do receive. And I'm telling you, I've got a story for that if you want to hear an awesome story. I got a few of them about that. But um, anyway. Number four, to spend more time with family and friends. I say it all the time that at the end of the day, the family and friends, that's what's most important. You can do that by perhaps joining a Bible study, perhaps a connect group. A little shameless plug for you men. You do know, the men, you know who you are, right? So to make sure, it's 2023, I want to make sure you know who you are. But well, we have an awesome connect group starting this Wednesday. Uh, Dennis Allen, um, he's going to be leading that group. It's going to be amazing. All right, number three, little crowd participation, top 10. Number three is to smile more. So on the count of three, let's see how we do on that. Everybody smile on the count of three. One, two, three. Big smiles. Uh, looks good. Adam, he's faking it till he makes it for sure, no doubt. Maybe we can smile more by stop complaining. Woo, come on. Number two, this may be number one for most people, but uh, number two is to lose weight, lose some LBs. I know I could use to lose some LBs. I'm still carrying a little extra weight from the past five or six years of holidays, so I'm still carrying it with me, but um, it is what it is. But Maybe we can do that by number two, try fasting. I think the church in general, not this church, but the church in general, we need to maybe get on board with that. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. And then number one, what you've been waiting for, the number one thing for 2023 is to exercise more. That is some serious garbage. (laughs) Amen. To exercise more. It lasts maybe for me about three weeks. I look in the mirror, I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's going to last me about six months. But maybe we can do that by reading our Bible daily. That's number one for our Christian top 10, reading your Bible daily. But I'm here to tell you right now that whatever your resolution is, whatever your goal is, you can do it. And we're going to be discussing three simple steps to get you to your full potential. You know, you ever heard anybody say, and this could be you, you there's, don't raise your hand, but They say stuff like, you know, hey, what this church needs is dot, dot, dot. You know, a few years ago, somebody, we had the question, they said, what this church needs is a pastor who gets up here in skinny jeans and brings the word. Somebody said that. I didn't say that. But they said it for sure, for sure. Or maybe you said this, our government, it is jacked up. I don't know if you said it or not, but they followed up with, you know, if I was in office, I would do. Dot, dot, dot. How many parents we have of kids? How many parents we got right here? Maybe you said this, you know, our school system. Oh, man, it's lacking some serious leadership. It is lacking some leadership. Someone ought to do something. You know, what we need are people, instead of discussing the situation, are people that will in fact do something about it. Serious question. Who was the smallest person in the Bible? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. He climbed, never mind. But you know, that's actually incorrect. The shortest man in the Bible was Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Come on, folks. (laughs) Oh, you guys are awesome. The people in the nine o'clock service are just now laughing about that. As well. But that's where we're going to be today, is Nehemiah. If you got your Bibles, <clears throat> let's turn It's going to be in the Old Testament. Yes, that's right. We're going to old school on the first day of the year. But Nehemiah, and Nehemiah, man, he was a man of God. He had it going on. But one day he was talking with his brothers and some fellow Jews, and I can kind of picture this conversation that they're, they're at their local Hebrew coffee shop. Hebrew. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's good. But anyway, he's asking them, hey guys. What's going on in uh, Jerusalem? How's it going? And the information they brought Nehemiah wasn't good. They were just like, you know, it's, it's not good at all. In fact, um, our people, they've, they've lost all kinds of things. The, the walls have been burnt down. The gates are gone. You know, they're in despair. And, you know, they're vulnerable to anything, any attackers that come in. Well, and that was like disturbing news to Nehemiah. So instead of just, just talking about the situation, Nehemiah made it, he made it his first priority to get the walls built. So let's look at chapter 1 in Nehemiah. We're going to start with verse 2. Hananiah, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem they said to me, things aren't going well. For those who return to the province of Judah, they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Now listen to this, verse 4. Listen to this. It says, when I heard this, this is Nehemiah, he's saying this, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. How many of you have ever received disturbing news? I would assume it's everyone in this room. We've all mourned over someone, over some situation. I hope that we have all prayed when something that is so passionate to you that we've prayed about it. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever fasted over that situation? You know, fast, fasting serves one purpose, and it's, the, it's what we gain from the process, and that's focusing on God. Fasting is a discipline that we all need to, to strive, and I said it earlier, you know, the church, I think we're missing out on that. And if, you, and if you fast, that is absolutely awesome. Kudos to you, because it's important. I'll tell you, the first time I fasted, I never heard of the word fast at all, but my wife and I, we were serving the church here many years ago, probably 17, 18 years ago, and we were the youth leaders. And we had about 30 kids. And we somehow we got connected with a group down uh, in Nashville. And they wanted us to join. So a few of us and a few other local churches joined. It was what they called the 30-hour famine. That's right, I said, 30 hours. Mm-mm. No thanks. But we did it. Our, ki- our kids, I keep calling them kids. They don't like being called kids. They're called students. I apologize. But they're downstairs, it doesn't matter. But um, <clears throat> we had a 30 hour famine. And in, in the very beginning, I was like, okay, you, you're kind of like taking it away from me. Like it, I, I have to have it now. So like within a couple of hours, like I was craving like some saltines or something, just give me something. And you know what's awesome about this is the students were like, hey man, we got this. We're gonna do this together, 30 hours. So they were leading me. They were leading me and we got through it together. Our, our church did a big old spaghetti supper. At that 30-hour, and a 30-hour and .01 second, I'll, I'll rush to the, to the buffet, and I think I ate their portion. But, you know, the fasting, we, we kind of put that along with food, going without food. But it's, it's whatever satisfies you. It's to go without. And I know that when I sit to the dinner, at the dinner table, that when I eat, I'm satisfied. I'm good to go. But the whole purpose of fasting is so we can concentrate on our spiritual lives and find satisfaction in God rather than earthly, worldly things. Fasting is all about desire for God. And Nehemiah was upset. Why? This was Jerusalem. This was the Jews' holy city. It meant something to him. This is where his ancestors were from. That's where they were buried. And to hear the thought of it falling down didn't sit well with him. It didn't sit well with him. He was devoted to his city, devoted to God, and he didn't just discuss the problem. He actually did something about it. Besides the fact that God was on his side, I really feel that he had three things going on for him, and the title of this message today is called Win the Fight, but we're going to discuss three points, focus, faith, and fight. So point number one, if you're taking notes today, point number one is where is the focus. Where's your focus? What are you focused on? Are you focused on your desires? Are you focused on God's desires? Let's look at Nehemiah chapter four. It says, then I prayed, hear us, O God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads and may themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt Do not blot out their sins, for they have have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. And at last, the wall was completed in half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. But when Sinbalah and Tobiah and the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashadites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. Throw us into what? Confusion. Say it one more time, throw us into what? Confusion. confusion. It says, but we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to, per- to protect ourselves. You know, there's many things going on here. So Nehemiah has got his team. He's got the nobles here over here. They're ready to go. They're working with enthusiasm. They are building this wall. They're halfway done. On this other side, we got the bad guys. They're like, are you kidding me? Are they really going through this? They've already got half the wall up? Uh Uh-uh. We're about to lay the smack down on these people. They wanted to cause confusion. They wanted to derail them on doing something good. And what does Satan do? Satan does the same thing to you. He does the same thing to me. He causes what? Confusion. He gets us off our game. He derails us. And I like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. I love, love, love Paul. I love Paul for where he came from and to where he ended up. It's amazing. But 2 Corinthians eleven three, 3, it says, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds, your minds, our minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. See, on the level that we're at, whether you're a a new Christian, whether you're a veteran Christian, it doesn't matter. Satan is working hard. You know, maybe in the beginning you just you just you just signed on, and it's kind of easy, you know, to get derailed because we lose focus. You know, it's like, ah, you know what? I'm not seeing any results in this. You know, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and just give up. This this ain't for me. That's Satan. He just kind of did one of these little elbow push, and, and you're gone. But I promise you, as, the, as your level grows and as the more obedient you are to God, the harder Satan works. He puts on his, he gets his outfit on, he gets his tie buttoned up, he gets everything ready to go because he's got work to do. He has got work to do. You know, Satan is, he is the enemy. And I, he is behind every single one of us. We're, we're, we're focused. We are focused. We, we have got the march going on, and Satan is just right behind us. And sometimes he does this right here. That gave me chill bumps right there. (laughs) But he's right there, and he's waiting for you to do one of these. Or he's waiting for you to do one of these. Ah, you know what? I lost focus. And Satan, he's like, (laughs) I got you again. I got you again. See, what Paul was trying to say is that he didn't want the believers to lose their love for Christ. He didn't want you to get sidetracked, get confused, and lose your way. You know, keeping Christ in your life can be very difficult, especially in today's time. You know, there's so many distractions in this world, so many distractions, and Satan's going to use every single one of them to get you off your path. You know, just as Eve lost her focus, you too can lose focus by letting your life become overcrowded. You know, it's easy to get your life overcrowded. Especially if you have kids. I mean, we've accepted it. It is what it is, which I hate that statement. It is what it is, says there can't be no change. But we've lived it. It is what it is. You know, we've got got ball practice. We can't be there Wednesday night. Oh, we have a softball tournament on the weekend. We're not going to be able to come to church on Sunday. Or I'm just using softball because that's what my daughter does. But fill in the blank. Oh, my job needs me. I'm, I'm going to have to work another, you know, shift this weekend. I've already got 70 hours in this week. But hey, I'll, I'll, I'll get to God. I'll get to God. Our life has become overcrowded and we lose focus on what the prize is. You know, the book of Nehemiah, it also, ser- also magnifies serving with determined faith. And like Nehemiah, we can overcome any obstacle if we just stay focused and then secondly, have the faith. So that's point number two is where is the faith? You know, Nehemiah, he was a man of prayer. He knew exactly where to turn to when he needed help. What does it say in the book of Psalms 121? My help comes from the Lord. He didn't look to the world. He looked to God. God help me. You know, in chapter two of Nehemiah, this is where he builds up the courage to go talk to the king about, hey, I need, I need some help. I need some, some manpower so we can go over here and get this wall done. But I need your approval. Let's look what he says in Nehemiah 2. It says, early in the following spring, in the month of Nisan. Nisan is around, around March or April. But it says, uh, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, this is important right here, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. This is Nehemiah saying, then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. See, what we don't see is that in those times it's showing sadness or sorrow, if, if the king didn't like it, hey hey, guys, I'm gonna need you to take this guy here, Nehemiah. I don't like the way he looks. He needs to go to the train station. He needs to get up out of here. Now some of you might will connect with that. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, but it's okay if you don't. But the king had the power to say, if I don't like the way you look, you gone. Imagine if our leader, Pastor Jason Ball, was sitting in his office and you had an appointment with him. And you walked in there and and I'm not making light of anything that's going on in your, on your life, because I know it's real. But he didn't like the way you looked. This would be an empty church. It really would be. But thank goodness that Jason doesn't do that. But back then, it was a big deal. So it took courage. It took faith for Nehemiah to take a stand and say, King, I need, I, need, I need your help. Look at verse 4. Look what he says right here. It says, "Then the king asked, well, how can I help you? Did you, did you? did you see that? The king said, how can I help you? Nehemiah had the faith to ask the question to the king. He, 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 he knew what was going on. He had a chance to die right then. Sometimes when we get ready to ask that question, you know, our heart's beating. Maybe it's a simple question. It's like, hey, would you like to come to church with me? That's a tough question. It's easy, but it's tough. We're afraid maybe sometimes that we fear that we don't, we're not going to be accepted. Or it's like, oh gosh, here's no one of these church guys. But if we just had the faith to ask a question, you never know. I'm standing right here because of one person years ago said, hey, you want to come to church with me? All you have to do is have faith and ask the question. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. How oh, lot of love is it. Nehemiah, he wasn't worried about admitting his fear. He wasn't ashamed. But he refused to allow his fear to overcome him. He knew God's purpose. He knew his purpose in life. You know, we have a saying here at Center Point Church, made on purpose for a purpose. He knew that. He knew that. You know, true faith is, fo- is keeping your eyes focused on God when the world is falling apart. You know, I truly believe that every single one of you have a God-given ministry in this room. Every single one of you have a God-given ministry in this room. You know, it may not be standing up here on stage. It may not be playing an instrument singing. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. But God has called you to do something. And I really feel the 2023, if you search, you will find the full potential of yourself. You have to do the work. It's up to you to do it. We need to keep the faith so we can stay focused on God. My final point, guys, you're doing so good. Are you still with me? Still with me? It's awesome. God is so good. Right here, number three, point three is win the fight. Win the fight. Let's look at Nehemiah 4. Starting in verse 10. It says, Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired, and there's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall ourselves. Listen. For those of you who have said this or heard this, oh my goodness, the Bible. There's I can't relate to that. It's so irrelevant in today's time. Then the people of Judah began to complain. Do you ever hear anybody complain? Anybody? You're lying. You're lying. The workers are getting tired. Oh, I'm working too hard. There's so much rubble to remove. Negative Nancy sets in. If your name is Nancy, I apologize. That's just the phrase, but it's just, it's, it's taken over. We will never be able to get this done. We will never be able to do it. That's what the good people are saying over here. They're, they're never gonna be able to get it done. We're wasting our time. Satan is causing confusion right now. Over here in this corner, read what it says, it says, meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. So while the, while the nobles are over here saying, yeah, we're, we're done, we're tired. The, the guys are right here, they're feeding off that. They're feeding off it and they're getting stronger. They're getting stronger they're about to do something about it but god has a bigger plan verse 12 it says the jews who live near the enemy came and told us again and again that they were going to come they will come from all directions and attack us so what does nehemiah do he has a game plan he has a plan laid out to take care of the situation. So what does Nehemiah say? Verse 13. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall and the exposed areas. I stationed the people to guard my guard my families, armed with swords, spears, and bows. And in verse 14, he says, Then I, as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles. I called them together and the rest of the people and said to them, do not be afraid of the enemy. Do not be afraid of this world. Do not be afraid of the situation that is in front of you. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. And fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Your daughters. Your wives. And your homes. Center Point Church, it's time to fight. It is time to fight. And I know accomplishing any task, big or small, It can be tiring. You know, there's always going to be pressures that that promote discouragement, hopelessness. Negativity sets in. I can't do this. It's too much. I can't handle it. The task seems impossible. Centerpoint Church, the only way to cure this way of thinking is to focus on God's purpose. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did. with God, with the nobles, they were able to complete this wall in 52 days, 52 days. I can't get a part for my truck in 52 months, but they can get the wall done, a wall, concrete and everything in 52 days. Because one man had his faith. He knew his purpose. He was focused on God and had the will to do something about it and fight. To fight. Let me turn this around just a little bit and look at it from a different perspective. You know, the fight, is not always physical, it's not always going to be on the surface. There's a fight within us. God put that in every single person the fight to want something. You feel your heartbeat right now? That means you can fight. The race isn't over yet. That means you can fight. You know, there's people at our church right now, just in this room, in the first service, in other areas that's serving. You know, there's some serious things going on. You know, they're carrying burdens from last year and years before. And they're bringing it into the new year. What a time for this church right now to be able to partner with our neighbors and fight with them. got this new saying I don't I don't I don't speak teen at all but she says hey trust trust that's exactly what we got to do trust in God's promise and put trust in your neighbor open the ear up to them let's put trust back in this community let's fight for something that's worth fighting for on a personal level I know exactly where my insecurities are You know, I know where my wall has gaps. I know where it's easy for the enemy to come in, so therefore in those gaps, I know where they're at, so I've got to place swords. I've got to place these bows to protect that, because I'm weak there. We all have that gap. But I'm telling you, for my sake, for my wife's sake, for my family's sake, I must win. Fight the fight that's within me. I can't be so overcrowded that I miss opportunities. I can't be so overcrowded that I miss a time to to to, to spread the light of God. You know, sometimes I think my prayer is just words. I pray, God, today let me be let me be alive for someone. When I go to work, I get in my day, and my light, I just turn that switch off. I ain't got time for it. I've lost focus. I've lost focus. It's something that we can do, parents, grandparents, anyone, you know, we have a chance to model for our kids and grandkids what real life is. Not a perfect life where we hide our battles from them but we have an opportunity to give them the tools to fight through the situation. I heard a story just a few months ago after one of our men's group and the the guy said, you know, um, this this was accidental, but it was powerful. But I was praying one night and my kid saw me. And he's like, Talking to his mom, dad, or mom, is is, is something wrong with dad? Like he's praying, like is everything okay? What an opportunity to show your kids how you fight through the situation. 2023, there's no better time than right now. Thank goodness our God gives us new mercies every day, but this is a new year, it's new beginnings. Yesterday is gone, and it's time to lean in and let go and let God, amen, church, come on. You know, Nehemiah, he showed trust in God by taking necessary precautions. And I wanna end with this, that trusting God does not mean that we do not take action. We can't just simply say, God, I need you to handle this and then walk away from it. Hey, God's got this, we must take action. And in that final thought—that taking action does not mean that we do not trust God. Nehemiah—he prayed, he mourned, he fasted. God, I'm ready to do something about this. That Your will be done. I want to ask you to stand with me. We're gonna—the band's gonna come back up and sing this awesome song again. don't leave this place the same the way you came in. There's a greater purpose this morning. There's a greatest purpose for you and I really feel that each and every one of you have yet to reach your full potential.